You're listening to the Dive Bomb Podcast. G'day and welcome to episode 29 of the Dive Bomb Podcast. And our first full season as a podcast is over and we've had a few hours to digest, um, a full day to digest this absolutely epic end to the season, but also just look back on the season as a whole, which will be definitely a talking point in this episode. And we, it's been crazy um, and we are here to give our review for the season finale, the 2021 Abu Dhabi Grand Prix race review. I'm here as always with my two co-hosts, James. How you doing? Doing well. You're um, still on the high. Not as. Oh yeah, yesterday was fantastic. Not, not as high as Max will be, but um, or not as hungover, I should say. He's probably yes. very hungover today. Um, it depends if you made it back to Amsterdam or not. <laughs> oh, I think there there would be not a place yeah. there would be not a room in this planet that he wouldn't have partied in last night. So yeah. it wouldn't have mattered where he was. Um, and Varun. Yeah, doing well. You were. Still, uh, away from us for this weekend but you were able to watch with a bunch of people so i'm excited to hear yeah. your takes on uh, still in the same time so i'm still uh trying to retouch my jaw after it dropped oh. from what unfolded but you know career <laughs> absolutely crazy scenes um yeah i mean what what it boiled down to this weekend uh is you know we really got to see the accumulation of an absolutely crazy year where it feels like you can just, we could just never guess anything that happened this year. Like none of it we could have guessed. And it literally happened all the way till the, till the end where we could not guess how this was going to end. So, um, I don't even know where to start to be honest. Obviously the battle is going to be the main talking point of this episode, but, um, we should stick to kind of our similar, um, overview here. We'll start obviously on, on Friday, Saturday and, Everyone knew going into this weekend that it was overtime, like we talked about last weekend, and um, we were we were in for a title decider, dead even on points with two of the greatest drivers we've seen in in our era in the in modern times. So, <clears throat> for qualifying, there wasn't too much crazy uh, things to note. Obviously, the other thing is the end of an era for for Kimi Raikkonen um, in Formula One. Uh, that was the other major thing, but. Um, tough way for him to end his yeah, career. Tough way for him to end his career, and it really started on the Saturday. He was out in Q one, and uh, didn't really see too much of the weekend. He just really wasn't on camera a lot, and then I mean everything that happened just kind of like yeah. overshadowed it. But we definitely want to just like I think it's the perfect yeah. Kimi exit. Per, it is. That's probably just, what he wanted. He wanted to and then he, he made an Instagram, which is like goodbye Formula One. Yeah. yeah classic like Kimmy. if only he could have walked straight onto his yacht like he did at uh monaco yeah in monaco because that would have been the true Kimmy exit true and it would have been on all all on the feed as well that was hilarious yeah. that watching that video but yeah as as mentioned he was out in uh q1 on saturday along with the two williams and the two Haas. so i mean that sounded like what nice maybe thing. what you'd expect yeah. uh, from the start of the season Nothing else happened this season was expected or this day, but um, that was definitely expected. And so we saw them. The, the Williams kind of had a tough end this season as well. And obviously the Haas uh, was expected. We were, we knew that was going to happen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the two Williams out in Q1, Latifi was even higher than George in this one. And that was the second time this season that that's happened. And uh, I, I wouldn't say when you talk about not having a great exit um, from from uh, a time you know he didn't exactly george didn't exactly have a great exit in his time yeah. with williams either but um i mean so many bigger things to come for him yeah. and speaking of uh i guess lackluster exits nikita mazpin had about as lackluster an exit on this f1 season as possible like not even racing um <laughs> yeah solidifies yeah, so himself in 21st position in the driver's yeah, standings exactly so he came down with covid was absent from this weekend uh it was pretty funny because f1 posted like the driver class of 2021 <laughs> and excluded him because he wasn't there for photo day and his comment just thanks formula was, was pretty funny it was pretty funny had so many likes on yeah the comment. yeah it was hilarious yeah and i i actually didn't even clue in that he wasn't in the photo at first so i saw it and i was like oh he's just being a genuine guy and then noticed like mix just standing there alone and i was like oh it's just a little sarcastic comment by our friend maspin so we talked about this too when he did the whole like thing with where they were trying, he like got gifted a top and shit from yeah. uh, the team. And it was like, he's literally just kind of like self 
deprecating self deprecating but yeah. like it's not it's cringy you it's know? cringy because you know he wouldn't be like that like if he was winning he would be probably so arrogant and cocky yeah, but he yeah. kind of is like forced into this persona because of how <laughs> he knows everyone hates yeah, him too how so. hated he is um, so there was a 19 car grid mm-hmm. didn't have to unlap himself so yeah i didn't have to worry about him as a back marker so that's good and mick mick uh, came out with a little bit more confidence i think not having to worry about his teammate uh uh, spinning into him behind him so uh, yeah moving on just I mean we got to get to the race here but we'll just talk briefly about qualifying again so Q2 um, the big surprise in Q2 was Pierre Gasly I believe he had some technical issues um, breaks, I, I, think. I think it was break, yeah some kind of brake issue that kind of kept him off the pace um, and he ended up being eliminated and starting in uh, P12 and then Alonso also I mean there's a small talking point here would be there was a lot of traffic obviously in Abu Dhabi uh, and with the changes to the circuit it didn't really help things too much I know they widened some corners but at the end of the day that's not really going to help with like bunching up traffic and stuff so Alonso and Daniel Ricardo had a little um, you know we, we were James and I were watching and we're like oh Daniel's got to get going Alonso's coming quick and then it's just like right at the last second he was like starting his hot lap as Fernando was coming around. So Fernando was obviously heated about that. And this happened a couple times um, on Saturday, but uh, we ended up seeing Fernando out in Q2, which wasn't necessarily the end of the world because having a choice of tires for this circuit uh, on a one-stop strategy was was um, pretty good. Obviously, this race didn't turn out to be like a one-stop race, so it didn't really work in their favor. But when it comes to um, like being in a position strategically, like P11, P12 isn't too bad. So um, they were still looking okay for, for Sunday. Um, and then the top 10 looked pretty similar to what we've seen the last few races. An impressive P8 quality from Yuki Tsunoda. Um, that's, I mean, he has had, we talked about it last episode too. He's had a pretty strong end to this season and, um, the top of the grid, obviously the big surprise, we saw Lewis fast in a lot of the practice sessions. And we know that Lewis is fast around Abu Dhabi, um, from years past. And he ends up like getting beat by like Max just put in a hell of a lap on, uh, for provisional pole. And it was just unbeatable. Like no, no lap this whole weekend did we ever see in the 122 ones like it was just insane to see it that close to breaking 120 uh into 121s so that lap was just really impressive he didn't bin it on the last corner so it was perfect uh worked out perfect and again like you a main talking point this season is like when when is the luck going to change for one driver to the next that's obviously a big part of it and he put one together that was absolutely epic again and um you can't say enough about like the fact that this championship was not only won at this race, but also just like the qualifying sessions, everything, all the sprint races, everything over the whole season. And we really have to like keep that in mind. Obviously there's a lot of controversy yeah. with uh, this race here, but uh, I think that's like super important to, to keep in mind. I know I'm going to be talking about it a bunch during, <laughs> during this episode because um, this is almost like, I mean, a lot of people have, have been talking about it since Sunday, but it's been like a great time for the sport because there's a lot of eyes on the sport right now, but also like there's a lot of controversy and maybe like some, some people are looking at it as like, it's not good publicity in some ways. It's like a lot of confusion uh, with rulings and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, we did see like a full season, which was like absolutely epic and a battle that was literally till the last lap. So um, shall we get into Sunday? Let's do it. Not too much else, I don't think, yeah. to wrap up getting into that. There's, you didn't yeah. really need much setting up for no, this. The only it. other thing I want to say is Chaco giving himself, uh, involving himself in the race with a good result, and Bottas kind of slipped into the back. That was about yeah. it. Oh, yes, And then yes. did actually play into the race, too. So Massive. For sure. So, yeah, the important note there would be Chaco uh, qualified P4, which um, he usually doesn't find himself like too high up on Saturdays. And even this weekend, his... Pace didn't really look like he was going to be challenging up in that top five for for qualities, but he did. And then, yeah, as James mentioned, like Valtteri P6 just kind of like automatically puts yourself so far away from that top two that you're not really going to come into play <clears throat> too, too much. Um, and we'll talk about Valtteri later, obviously, but he was more worried about during the race not doing too much because he didn't want to like cause a safety car and ruin, ruin Lewis's race. So that's what it ended up being for him, which... Is kind of sad, but 
Um, definitely a good thing to note as he was starting in P6. Um, so yeah, boys, we obviously knew that to start things off, setting up Sunday, when you're on pole in Abu Dhabi, like that is, you know, 60, 70% of the job done. Um, that's like a huge thing to have. Um, I guess to talking about Max on pole in Q2, he flat spotted his medium tires. So he had to start on softs. He was forced to start on softs because that's all they had left. So that was, I guess, one other note for Saturday that really, really was important for Sunday. And we knew that if Max was going to start on softs, A, he was going to get a probably a better start, which obviously didn't end up happening. But um, And B is that he would have to pit sooner than yeah. Lewis. So, And I didn't understand Lewis's comment about like Max going on softs. I don't know if you saw it, but Lewis was basically saying like it's almost clear what they're trying to do. I didn't know what he was trying to hint at. But um, it was. He it, thought it was just like head games. Yeah, it, it got. He in. thought he flat spotted on purpose that they wanted to do soft tires from the start. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I didn't really understand what he was getting at with that, but. Yeah, no, I don't. At least I, that's what I, I feel like. Yeah, it him. got a lot of a decent amount of attention, which is why I brought it up. But I, I did, If you guys don't have any, I guess, thoughts on that, then. Yeah, I, I mean, just, definitely, it's definitely not the case. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. Max didn't mean to. Do yeah, that. exactly. Yeah. I don't see a point in bidding your tires. Just no, exactly. That's why I didn't. Lewis, especially because he really could have used them in the race if he didn't have that exactly. last safety car. He could have yeah. used those those mediums. So yeah. um, it would have been nice to yeah, start on those 100%. tires as well. I was thinking maybe he thought <laughs> it's because he wanted to make sure. Uh, he had the opportunity to just send a Lewis on the first corner and then, uh, or, or sorry, Mick or Michael <laughs> Schumacher Lewis. Like, you could say Senna too. Yeah, but... Senna too. <laughs> but I was like, I don't think Lewis would be going that extreme with his comments, or at least that blatantly. But it was, uh, if you really want to get extreme with your interpretations of it, then. Well, in theory too, but that would mean that like, he, like Lewis would have also had to have taken pull. Yeah, well. exactly. Like, so Max was starting P1, yeah. so it didn't also make a lot yeah, of sense. Exactly. Um, Maybe just if you want to have the grip to go wherever you want. But. For sure. So, for I mean, for the starting of flipping the script on Sunday, which obviously we'll talk, it's a reoccurring theme about Sunday, but the fact that Lewis started on the mediums, he had one of the best starts I've ever seen. He His reaction time was like two-tenths faster than Max's. Yeah. Uh, he was up to speed like way faster. He got an amazing jump down into turn one, which I I certainly did not expect. I thought that was absolutely crazy. That was one of the uh, one of the best starts you'll ever see from a guy that's on yeah. a harder compound, and just takes an absolute jump into the lead. And his reaction time was a full tenth faster than Max, which yeah. is was it very two? Rare. It was I thought it was two. Tenth. Oh, okay. A full yeah. Oh, it my was, bad. I think point two five. Seconds compared to 0.35. 0.35. Okay, yeah. okay. I thought it was 0.45. Which is like pretty crazy because if, you, if you've looked, paid attention to the ones from previous races, it's usually like a couple hundredths. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, yeah, he got a great start. Like, Well, it really shows if you watch the replay of that, like a tenth, I said mm-hmm. two tenths of my mistake, but a tenth is like a huge difference when you're going from zero to like 200 speed, yeah. miles per hour. So um, he looked like he was like, he looked like he was two tenths if you, faster. If you turned on the race... Like say two seconds after lights out, you would have thought Lewis started on pole. Yeah, with how yeah. far he was out of the gate. Yeah, for sure. So he comes into turn one. We knew Max obviously on those softer tires needed to make sure he had the track position on Lewis to make this work. So he was obviously going to be aggressive through the first lap, and we certainly saw that on the run down to turn five. And this is kind of the first bit of like I guess you could say controversy for the for the Sunday. I mean I don't know how much. Be- how much uh, better of a word you could use but yeah. he goes uh without drs because it's not activated that early in the race he goes and absolutely sends one down the inside um for me like i'll say i'll just give my piece first obviously anyone that's listened to our podcast has already seen this but um like just sends one down the inside for me it was like clearly like slightly late to go for that dive dive bomb uh, no pun uh, no uh, free ash cheeky plug chat cheeky plug um but he also nailed it like he kept everything on the circuit he didn't touch lewis at all people were saying like when i initially saw it i thought they made contact and then people some people online were still saying they made contact but for me they didn't touch uh he stayed within the white lines his braking was literally phenomenal like the whole like Hilarious. I can't remember who the announcer is that always says like the last of the late break is Daniel it's, Ricciardo, but like Brundle. That always oh, is it Brundle. Oh, it's one. Like, of two. Anyways, one of the two. Yeah. But he always says that, and he that was literally what Max did. Absolutely yeah. perfect move. 
Um, Lewis, like every other time an overtake is done, could have just slotted in behind Max, but uh, he saw an opportunity that he felt like he was pushed off the track, so he ended up just cutting the corner and re- rejoining the track up ahead. Um, it's important for me to say before I flip it over to you guys that like this move and this like opportunity to like go off the track and go back on is this isn't the first time we saw this. Like we've seen this all year, multiple, multiple occasions from Max doing it and gaining an advantage, Lewis doing it and gaining advantage. And then it's kind of like, we're sitting here like, okay, what's the call going to be? You know, like um, what, what are the stewards going to decide or yeah. who's going to decide to give who a position back? So anyway, that's my take on it. I think like Lewis definitely could have just slotted in behind Max, but he saw an opportunity that, I think was also kind of fair that he was like off the track enough where he could just join again up ahead. Um, but before we get to the decision or ultimately non-decision, yeah. how do you guys see that? Well, so I, I say watching it in real time, um, like a lot of people thought that they made contact, but like you said, like off the first replay, it was pretty clear they didn't make any contact. So that was, I guess, just a point that doesn't even deserve any consideration. Mm-hmm. There's no contact there. I fully agreed with what Brundle was saying that, Max was fully in the lines. I think, like you said, it was a late move, but he was within his, he was within his like obviously rights to do that. Uh, he kept it on the track. He didn't force Lewis like off, um, intentionally or like do something that was clearly not within his capability that would have um, maybe caused a crash if Lewis had not reacted or anything like that. Um, with regard to Lewis going off, like. I kind of, I agree with what you say. There's, it's something that I don't fully understand. So like, I'll have to put that disclosure in there. Like when that's acceptable and when it's not, because there's definitely been times I, we've seen it all year where I was like, oh, that car looked like it could have just slotted in behind. But um, obviously that runoff's there for a reason and cars use it all the time. Like there's even been times in races where it's not like uh, someone making an overtake on a corner. I just see cars cut the corner and it's perfectly uh, allowed, like especially in races like Monaco and stuff like that. So um I genuinely didn't know what to expect with the ruling, but with the explanation that cool or uh, sorry not cool sorry uh, that Crofty gave, it made sense to me, and uh, that was the way I saw it. Yeah, and Jay, it, Lewis left the door open. Max took it. Yeah, and then it was a proper move. He should have given the spot back. Like it was easy as that. He cut the corner and he should have just slaughtered behind. But they should have swapped. But I think well we'll get to the decision now. But like they were saying that. Not um, that like Lewis kind of eliminated that advantage by building up the same gap afterwards. What I didn't understand that. Part. Well, they so were saying so. What they were saying was that Lewis like brought his delta down enough to Max where he they figured that that right. was enough. But like I think I agree with James. Where like Max had the overtake done in yeah. that corner. Like he was ahead of Lewis. Um, for me, I I fully believe that like in Lewis's head, you're replaying the whole year, and you're also in your head thinking, if I DNF in this race, I'm done. Yeah. So for him, like he's carrying a lot of speed into that corner. He sees Max on the inside. He sees Max has now like took in the inside. He's he's the first to the apex. So for me, it's like if Lewis risks staying on the track and coming in behind Max and going closer to Max, he's risking DNFing. So yeah. he's like. I would rather take the chance and go cut the corner yeah, and have to fair. give the position back than not cut yeah. the corner yeah. and DNF, right? Yeah. So that's like my, oh, the smart the, play. The smart play for sure. So, um, you know, who's to say that the race ends up the way it does or the t- decisions end up the way they do if maybe Max doesn't feel hard done by and actually gets his position back there. Um, also, I mean, it's important to note uh, hindsight is obviously twenty twenty, but like, if Max kept that position at that point in the race, I don't think it would have mattered. Like Lewis's pace on those mediums mm-hmm. was so lights out. He still would have eventually overtaken him. Obviously it would have like a worn his tires out more mm-hmm. and probably would have been a few more laps before he could have got ahead. James probably would have cashed a bet for Max leading <laughs> at the end of lap one, but, no, I know. <laughs> okay. but, um, yeah. but yeah, no, I mean, there's the no decision is, um, you know, Varun, you, you kind of hit it on the head. Like no one really knows what the ruling is because yeah. it feels like, uh, and that's the big controversy over this whole race. Pretty much. It just feels like they're like kind of making it up as they go along, which, um, like I mentioned before, it's eyes on the sport, but it's also just like kind of people are confused, like a yeah, casual fan. They're just consistently inconsistent. Yeah, so I like, Lewis just made the right the call. 
Yeah. Because it's like, oh, if I do have to swap back, I'll do it. Risk reward, right? But he just takes the lead and they flip the camera. Yeah. I see Lewis in front. I'm like, yeah. What the hell's going on? Yeah, I, yeah. I was screaming that Max just made this sick dive. Yeah. Gets the position and then they flip the camera over and I see Lewis like many car lengths ahead of him. I'm He's like, so far ahead. What the hell? Like I thought we were they skipped backwards <laughs> and they were going into the turn again. I was just like, what the hell's going on? I was yeah. so confused. And that I looked like a textbook overtake. Lewis just left the door open. Max walked in, and then he just cut the corner. It was gone. And but well, like again, I, Lewis did the perfect move, knowing that wasn't, the FIA was gonna like fumble fuck this one again, and he just was just gone and didn't even have to give it back. And one of the things they said was like he said like decrease the gap to get rid of the advantage, and it didn't even look like he did that. Like in theory, he should be Lewis and Max should have been like literally like bumper to bumper. Well, they would have been if he was to give it back. It, if he was, if they were ruling that like he needed to give back what he gained, it, he needed to give the position back. If they yeah. were to rule that, um, one thing but I that's say, what they were saying over the radio was like you need to like reduce your delta. And yeah, yeah, that's what Rebel was pissed. Like, well, they even said that he needed to yeah. come back and didn't even look like that happened. They like, they basically gone. ruled that like he didn't get the overtake done fairly. That's what they ruled basically. Yeah, like, no, they exactly only needed to did. give him that. That's exactly um, what they did. One thing I want to say is like you said textbook overtake. I totally disagree. It was a great overtake, but like a textbook overtake is like not as late of a line. Like you want a DRS like, just a boring yeah. one halfway down the well, street. It was also like it was like a, like not not many people can make that overtake other than Max. Like there's it's just the, that's just the bottom line. Like it was a very very tough, aggressive, aggressive and move, like, but he nailed it. There's, yeah, there's no doubt he nailed it. But it definitely wasn't textbook. Like textbook would have been like cut and dry. Saying. Like he was a very late lunge, and it was it was. Great. Oh, it was a late lunge. Yes. Yeah. But you like the way your door was open, and he came screaming in, and he got the yeah. position, stayed on track. Like yeah, yeah. What, what more can you do? No, for sure. But the way you worded it there was, you said he left the door open, and Max walked through it, and then you just changed it. He crammed through it like he he, okay. he ran through it you I know mean, what I'm saying whatever it's, it's just it's just not as e- the door. it's not as easy it's not as easy as it was uh, the kool-aid jammer man screaming through yeah i realized that <laughs> oh yeah we're not driving little uh little toy cars here well it's the actually it's also the end of this race or the end of the um not the end of the race the end of the year where max is like worked so hard he's not going to give it up he's not going to give it up in race one lap one he's not going to give it up in yeah. race 23 lap one so um yeah, obviously, um, the first controversy there is like, yeah, the stewards ruling that Lewis can keep the position out front. Uh, this was kind of the first like lull of the race that we saw where, you know, like we saw like we knew Max's pace was going to fall off because he was on softer tires. Uh, we knew that Pirelli's soft tires around Abu Dhabi only go for around 15 laps. So he was obviously going to be the one that was going to pit sooner. Um a good thing for Red Bull, obviously, and maybe one of the saving graces is that Checo was up there and he was on soft tires. And if Pirelli say soft tires can go 15 laps, <laughs> Checo can probably make them go yeah, 20, 25. 5, 10 laps yeah, to that. Plan B plus, yeah. plan A plus. Um, so that was obviously huge and, and great catch by you, James, because it's definitely like a huge thing coming into Sunday that he was that close to the top. Yeah. Um, he also had a really good start. He mm-hmm. uh, was able to get up there right behind Max and, and kind of yeah, support him. Took Lando out. For sure. It seemed like those guys, both of them who were on the inside off the start, Lewis and Checo, both overtook the people in front of them, which was interesting, but... Yeah, and then the softer tire runners you we were mentioning were like, had tougher goes, yeah, like it was, Valtteri. it was really interesting. All yeah. the advantage you thought the soft would have just gone. Yeah, but, it wasn't even true. Yeah, anyways. True advantage. Skip so. ahead to when things get interesting. Yeah, yeah so but things get interesting. Honestly, <laughs> it's a bit of a it's a bit of a blur for me up until the end, but well, so we um, saw Lewis building up a gap, like you know, a few tenths every lap. He was building up, building up, and then um, I think at some point was when uh, after he had pitted or when Checo had pitted and he was able to defend against Lewis. Oh yes, that yes, yes. was so. Matt, I was on the point. So Max yeah. pitted earlier than Lewis. Lewis yes. stayed out a few laps longer. Then he pitted. Checo stays out long. That was where yes, we were yes, getting yes. to. So Checo stays out long, uh, takes the lead of the race, and then Lewis had a job to do. He had to overtake Checo, and we saw some of the coolest battling I've seen all season. And I'll say, without a doubt, the best battling I've ever seen at Abu Dhabi and might ever see oh, at Abu Dhabi yes. um, between Lewis and Checo. The coolest part of the race for me, uh, and if you want to talk about why we love the sport, this is why we do because this guy like Checo was. 
uh, on really old softs, like probably risking punctures to be out there, but they knew that there was no point in bringing him in, just letting Lewis sail off. So yeah, that, this was their gonna, strategy. This was their strategy. So defend like a lion. We've heard we've heard it before in the Alpine uh, garage, but um, Ser- Sergio definitely did. Like the way he positioned his car to come back and forth after turn five into turn six, seven, eight, um, and do that like kind. Of, it's kind of like the switcheroo. I kind of call it like you do. Someone overtakes into turn five, and then by the end of yeah. turn nine, like you're back you into a left hander, then the right hander, yeah. you switch it up. Yeah, and for me, this was like the second part of the race that like got me on my feet. It was a very little amount of sleep we got the night before was a bit <laughs> rowdy, so it took a lot. And the first one was obviously off the start with Lewis having that great start, but this battle, like you said, Aaron, it's just like one of the reasons why this sport is so entertaining to watch. You don't have to know a lot about the sport. That's what's great about these kinds of battles. You don't have to know all the technicalities to understand what's happening. It's just two Mm -hmm. drivers jockeying for position, turn after turn, you know, switching spots, clean driving, which is just great when you have two drivers of like the experience and class that Lewis and Checo have for that kind of battle to be able to even unfold in the first place. Yeah, I've seen two great cars and it was, it was amazing. Like, I think it was one of the best defensive stints I've seen from a driver this whole season. It was the most important one. Yeah. And it lasted for so long. Like you would, you would, just when you thought Lewis was going to sail off, Checo would come back at him. And it was, by the end, there was like no doubt as to. Yeah. Um, by it, the end of it, Max was right there. Yeah. yeah I was going to. shot of them coming up the street and yeah. them battling and Max was just like right yeah, up their yeah. ass. I was like, oh so my God. After, let's go. after Lewis had pitted and begun his like uh, chase of Checo, he was, I think, eight seconds ahead of Max. Mm-hmm. There was one lap that Checo slowed Lewis down so that Max was five seconds quicker in the lap. Yeah. And then he caught up, like yeah. you just said, I think James. He was like, like one or two seconds behind by the end of all of it. Yeah, yeah 1.7 or something like that, somewhere yeah. in there. I think um, at one point, like there was one sector where Max was within a second of Lewis. It was it was like a brief if it was it was a brief time that I think it was like it seven might have been tenths. literally right after they gave him like the DRS yeah. stream. It was yeah. like right there and then yeah. Lewis just did his thing. Yeah, and then, yeah. One thing I wanted to say, like I'm pretty sure Toto and Lewis both came over the radio saying that was dangerous driving. That wasn't even close. That yeah, was no. phenomenal. Yeah. We were we were saying display we were, of what that was. Like that was fantastic. Yeah, we were seeing that um as well and uh, it sucks again like the out of context radio messages are kind of a shame in the broadcast but they also i guess add a little drama but for me i think they were talking about that when like he was in the third sector and he was going through the really slow corners and just kind of like going as slow as he could so they're obviously going to complain about that like they i don't know like yeah. what are you what are you going to do if even if he gets a penalty he's still holding you up so he's doing his job yeah. um, and again like you mentioned he's on 20 plus lap softs yeah like how fast can he go through this twisty exactly bit? Like it, he's obviously going a little bit slower than he could but like that wasn't dangerous driving. Mm-hmm. like you can't say that no. was dangerous driving. No, that was sure. a spectacle wasn't a brake check so that's no that's for sure <laughs> yeah um 10 second pump. yes um and is another that right around this time unfortunately we got our first uh, dnf and that was uh unfortunately kimmy raikkonen he lost brakes uh his brakes failed on him and they ended up retiring his car yeah. he did got- you hear the radio with him, between him and his engineer they wanted to send him back out yeah. like what's the point yeah, yeah. he said that he's like we're already a lap down and you're not going to send me out if the brakes are maybe working yeah, yeah. So, classic yeah. Kimmy. I, was, I was laughing at that and like i was it was this suspenseful moment because he came into the pits and i was wondering if like they were going to send him back out send him back out and then all of a sudden you hear the power units off and uh see all the see the dollies yeah. come out to wheel him back the dollies the, back and then everyone standing ovation for them. yeah so it was like we said at the beginning of the episode, an anticlimactic way for Kimmy's career to end, but just how he'd want it. Exactly. In a lot of ways, it was an embodiment of his career, just very uh, clinical, but silent, not like flashy or anything. Yeah. And for him to win a world championship, but like carry himself the way he does, like you would think he's just like an average show. Yeah. The way he, he it's, goes it's, about it. It's business. also like just not being talked about, which is how Kimmy would want it. Yeah. Like if this race was normal, then this would have been still like a major talking yeah. point, but it just wasn't. It just it didn't rob us though of the drive of the day sound bit. Oh yeah. Them coming well, I mean, knowing Kimmy, it would have been like, what's driver of the day? No, yeah. <laughs> but at least we would have had that. Yeah, exactly. We would have had something yeah. to talk, but yeah, kind of robbed yeah. us of that. And hopefully we'll maybe have some, uh, I mean, some closing interviews to hear from Kimmy about his time in F1. One, one thing I wonder is down the line, um, years from now, if he'll ever make, I, I know he hated the media, Yeah. but if they'll ever just like convince him to like like beyond like the broadcast at all. I can see him doing a guest appearance if yeah. they have like a race in Finland. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure. I mean, I'm sure. Other than that, 
he won't like uh I don't see him. I don't think he's gonna totally uh, take himself out of the world of motorsport. I'm sure he'll be around in some way or another. It's only a matter of time before he starts to get to miss it a little bit. We all know yeah, <laughs> that when it's that, that big of a part of your life, you, you have to love it at least a little bit. So I'm sure he'll... Oh, yeah. We'll see him That's in somewhere. The only thing he another. loves is the motorsport. Exactly. And his kids and his yeah. wife. Well, I mean, about the... The racing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I it's, swear in life, that's probably the only thing. He doesn't really yeah. get too excited no, he about hates much. his kids. He hates his kids. <laughs> no, I, no, I just... Of course him. that. No, I'm I, saying the only thing he genuinely liked about F1 was being in the car. So, like, yeah. I can't see him going into a role at all of him, like, becoming one of them. No, like, no, no not... He would never... He would be, that. like, an owner. Like, a, a part owner for, like a, like, a dirt bike team or something like that. Like, motocross. A rally team. Rally team. He did do rally when he retired for the first time. And so NASCAR. I, would, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, the truck. NASCAR trucks. That was hilarious. Yeah. Um, I think I talked about that in an earlier episode. But, yeah, so we're about 20-some laps in at this point. Um, we do start seeing some, like, weird failures of, like, um, power units and gear boxes and stuff and a tire failure as well for lando norris I'm not sure if that happened later. that was a little later a little later yeah oh yeah no so like george russell loses power on his gears uh lando was also struggling with his gears uh george had to retire uh so you know that was it was really weird to see and giovanazzi giovanazzi yeah. as well yeah they i feel like they might have pulled him because of what was going on with Raikkonen as well. Um, yeah, who knows what if it was a, a similar yeah, but, issue. But Gio stopped on the track, so... Yeah, and then that's when Toto comes over. Michael, please, no safety car. Yes. No safety car, no. So 33 laps in, yeah, that was when Giovinazzi... Um, uh, parked on the road. I don't. I don't really know why he didn't go right down the escape route, but you never know what's going on. You have no idea. Probably they, they were over the rail. Like stop the car immediately. Mm-hmm. And also, like it's hard for a Formula One car driver to like just yeah. drive off into an escape road when there's like marshals and shit. Like he's not yeah. just gonna drive off. Um, but yeah, you mentioned it. Obviously, they they VSC. were at a position where um, a VSC started because of that, and. Yeah. Um, it would have really benefited Max at this point because, again, we have the two Red Bulls fighting with Lewis up front. Uh, actually, I believe Sergio had probably pitted at this point, but still, it, Max. It, would have, um, it would have benefited Red Bull um, as Lewis had just kind of pitted for his, uh, first, or for his like, one-stop hards to go to the end. So it would have just only benefited Max if he would have been able to get a little bit fresher tires and... Uh, also pick. just um Max did pick. Yes, and also just um get closer as well. Like Lewis has to slow down, so just to like get that delta down as well to Lewis. It was just a cheap pit stop for Max to try and like get something towards the end of the race. Yes, some exactly. Advantage. Exactly, you're right. So it was like evening the playing field a bit where um we mentioned it earlier that like starting on the softs meant that you weren't gonna have as good tires at the end and like you just said, James that's exactly what they wanted to do is to even it a bit yeah, and try it, to get it. gave it. him a chance because at this point, it looked like Lewis was just going to drive off into the sunset. Yeah, for sure. And he did have some good pace after the VSC ended. Um, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, like, well, unfortunately, it looked like that Max was still, or Lewis was still going to sail off into the sunset. And Max's kind of pace on those tires, they didn't exactly like hold on. Like, yeah, I, yeah. Think, I think they he said he needed tr- to be like eight tenths quicker per yeah. lap. Yeah, he was, like, 15 seconds with, like, 20 laps to go that he needed to cover. Yeah. And he trimmed it down to, like, like 10 or 11. Yeah, 11. I think it was 11 seconds. Yeah. But it was just not enough. And, like, at this point, it looked bleak. Like, it, it, it got to that lull of the Abu Dhabi where there's not much overtaking. Yep. That yep. whole battle with Checo was over. Yeah, and we'd, we'd mentioned it while we were watching, James, but also it was mentioned multiple times by the Red Bull pit crew that they needed a miracle at this point. And yeah. Um, a miracle is what is yeah, what they, they got is it. what they, they got in the form yeah. of yes. Nicholas, Nicholas Latifi. Um, <laughs> so I mean, this is we'll get into it now, boys. Um, lap fifty, I believe, somewhere yeah. around there. Yeah, yeah. Lap fifty. Uh, Nicholas Latifi gets onto the dirty side of the track. We also saw battling with Mick. That was a nice little. It was a too. cool battle. I want to say too, Mick had a really good race. Um, we mentioned it that he might be less dressed because no yeah. Nikita, but he had a great race. Um. He was ahead of Latifi for a lot, of, a lot of it. And then Latifi had an awful weekend. He was struggling. He had a shunt in practice because he got onto some dirty, dirty side of the track. And then on this, he gets battling with Mick, gets onto the dirty side of the track. They, the Williams, like I said, was struggling for grip and pace everywhere this whole track all weekend. 
and he at the most opportune time for some and inopportune time for Lewis um, crashes into the walls. Uh, he Lewis did have time to like make a decision. Well, not Lewis, but Bono to make a decision whether he wanted to stay out or not. But obviously, mm-hmm. we've seen it all year. Track position is king. They left yeah. Lewis out because a you don't know if the race is going to restart because regulatory wise you just don't, and then b you can't give up track position to Max. And here's the one thing I once mentioned before we unravel to the controversy: is Checo's battle. If that never occurred. Lewis would have had a pit window where it wouldn't have even mattered. He could have pitted and would have covered Max and Max would have never even had the chance to stay out and get ahead of him from track position. That's what they said. And legit, Checo forced Lewis's hand into the safety car to stay out and then the rest is how we we take off from here. So literally, Checo was the one who held him enough that he didn't have a pit window to jump in front of Max at the end, so it forced him mm-hmm. to stay out. Like I think there, I think there was probably like with the VSC and Giovinazzi, there was probably still a good chance that Max would have closed that window himself, but it made it like a like a way bigger yeah. chance. It was like the nail in the coffin. Yeah, yeah, like he had, like you said, yeah. forced him at the end. Yeah, yeah. It, it forced the hand. Yeah, because Lewis was building up gap after gap. Like anytime we were back in normal racing, it was those three events, but especially Checo's defending that. Um, yeah. probably made it. So uh, I would, I would probably say the VSC was more important yeah. for closing that gap, but the, you can't underestimate the Checo yeah. thing either. Like, like Lou, like Max, Max not being able to pit onto fresher tires and have those at the end, even if Checo defended, he still would have been on those same tires. So that would have been another thing, but you also, you can't underestimate the fact that even if it was five second difference or, uh, you know, seven second difference, it's still, it's still there. And he did an amazing job. So uh, yeah. very important. No, I didn't even think of that. So that's yeah. super it, important. He literally closed off his option. So, yeah. cause otherwise he could have pitted covered max and it wouldn't have this, this whole conversation we're about to have yeah. would not even be a thing. Cause he would have had fresh tires too. Yep. And who knows what would have happened then, but it was like, it was like, <laughs> it was like Giovinazzi closed the, the, the door. And then, and then Lewis was trying to, would have got through like the doggy door and Checo just, yeah. <laughs> close yeah. the dog. Yeah. Close the dog. Kicked it. Kicked the doggy door down. Um, so yeah, let's get into it. Thirty six minutes in, we we get into the big controversy. Um, the the craziest end uh, to a to a Formula One season we've obviously witnessed in our short time as fans, but one that I know will go down in history as one of the craziest, and if not the if not the craziest, because we will be talking about this for a long time. Uh, it's really cool just to be like sitting here in twenty twenty one and talking about our thoughts right now. And however, you know, we think about it now, it's going to be crazy to think about it in 15, 20 years, because we look at all the F1 history now that we're looking back on and all these battles and everything, all these really crazy races and all these circumstances that happen. And, uh, it's crazy to think of it as history, but we're in it right now. So, um, Nicholas Satifi crashes. We get, the a full safety effect. car. We get it. Yeah, I'm trying <laughs> yeah. to get it all here, boys. But help me out if if I'm forgetting yeah. anything. But we had the um, uh, Lewis goes by the pit lane, so keeps keeps track uh, keeps, keeps track position. Which for me, right away, I was like, this race isn't restarting. This there's four laps or whatever. Uh, yeah, just didn't look like enough time. It didn't look like enough when time. We saw the amount of debris, the damage. Like yeah, definitely um, did not look that way for sure. I was even thinking, is there going to be a red flag? Which uh, at the end of the hindsight. day, at hindsight, I think would have been the best call. Yeah. Um, but I mean, hindsight is what it is and we have a champion today, so there's nothing we can do, but, um, uh, yeah. So Lewis went by Max got a pit, a free pit onto some softs. Uh, so did most Another others in the pit, top, yeah. in the top, uh, 10, uh, my boy Carlos did as well. So that was, uh, good for me, um, uh, to see. And then they came back out, they were able to catch back up. While Lewis is sitting there alone behind the safety car and all the lap cars behind him just shitting himself, like flipping out on the radio that like... Safety car needs to go faster. Yeah, the safety car needs to go faster. Also, just like, what is going on? Like, what's the situation? Like, how is Max behind me? Like, is he close to me? What's like, what's going to go on here? here? And he knew. I think Lewis knew from the moment he caught up to that safety car. And then Bono told him there was still four laps left that the FIA was not going to... Um, finish this race under a safety car, which I think like we talk, there's a lot of situations in life where you talk about like the intention of someone or some organization and then the execution. Um, I think the intention here 
just to begin this is like the intention here to to have this race and this season this epic season end under racing conditions the intention for that is absolutely spot on yes. the execution of this was terrible was not proper um and I, there's that's i mean obviously a lot of people are talking about it that way um yeah that's 100 the intent the intent was, was the intent was the great. The reason they had yeah. to end under a safety car would have been a travesty. Yeah, and you're also thinking about it like these people are making these split second decisions that oh, and yeah. ultimately write history in the matter of seconds, in the yeah. matter of minutes. Mm-hmm. So, it's not just the drivers, like you said. Uh, yes, it's, it's the whole sport. It's yeah. the sport as a business. We got to look at it from a lot of different areas, mm-hmm. and the the intent is spot on. You got to have a racing lap. Um, We'll just get into the way it unfolded before I we kind of like go through our takes on what it. The rules are of the whole safety car. Is there a point though? Well, I mean, well, I mean that's, that's the controversy. So the baseline so, is that we what we would expect to see is that the unlapped cars every give, single given time car. car. A, a, yes, exactly. Every single one be given the time and chance to unlap themselves before and catch back up. Yeah, catch the, back up to the group before the safety car comes in. Mm-hmm. Which um, is the the root of the controversies that yeah that, so that is the protocol yeah the, so Which that is the, not followed the written not protocol followed. that was not followed because the intention of them wanting to do this under racing conditions meant more to them than yeah. having the regulations followed to the T because they knew that if they let everyone catch up this race was going to end yeah. under a safety car and we heard yeah. Christian Horner come over the radio yeah come coming on just like spewing absolute nonsense like oh give him a racing lap it's like okay. Well, at the time, I was like, Christian, you're an idiot because the rules are the rules and they're going to follow that. And clearly, <laughs> not that was not the case. But yeah. Christian he was wondering what was going on. Everyone he, he was said, wondering Michael, what was going we need on. to have a racing lap. Well, it's, it's everyone, like, the, the, everyone's going to plead their case from yeah. their point of view. Like, James mentioned earlier when Toto said, you can't give us a safety car when it was a virtual safety car. Michael, like, no, no safety car, no. <laughs> like, that's happening as well. You have to think about it. If that's happening from Mercedes Garage at that point of, in the race, Christian Horner's also on the radio to Michael asking for a safety car. Yeah. And then in this he point... He doesn't give a fuck that there's a disabled car and debris out there that lock cars no, are exactly. locked up. No, exactly. No, exactly. And they're also sitting in the pit. They're not low. They're not out here. They're not, they're not watching the, on the track. So while Christian is saying we need a racing lap, you also have Mercedes saying, make sure you follow the regulations. And then you also have like the safety of it too, right? Like, which is the point of it, the the point of the whole thing. And so that's what ended up coming back from the FIA and the Michael Massey was like, give me a second. Let me figure out, make sure everyone's safe. And then I'll get back to you on this. So we initially got a message on race control on the broadcast saying that the un- the cars were not going to be allowed to unlap themselves. That was the initial message, which I thought at the beginning was like, you know, like if we were going to go back to racing conditions, this is how the race was. Like the race was where all these cars were in front of Max between Max and Lewis mm-hmm. because of the gap that Max or Lewis had had built. So I was like, okay, well, like... To be fair, if we're gonna start this race under the after the safety car, like all these safe all like all these cars are gonna have to move over just like they would in a race, or else you're gonna have to let them all catch up. So what ended up happening was they waved through the six or five cars that were between Lewis and Max, um, and at that point, like you watched them, it all happened very fast that these cars unlapped themselves, and then it was like. Safety car immediately in. Safety car immediately in, and then you one watch Lewis for the championship. You watch well, one lap for the championship, but like it was inevitable what was going to happen at that point. Like you'd yeah, you have a guy on fresh tires. Yeah, yeah, you and have a guy a with old forty medias. year old forty year forty year. I keep saying lap. year. I keep almost saying forty year. years old. <laughs> almost forty years old, but forty lap old um, cars, and then you see Max, the yeah, one of the greatest overtakers in Formula One, on brand spanking new softs with nothing to lose. Yeah. He's going to go for it. Um, Lewis can't DNF, so he's obviously gonna, like, he can only fight so much, uh, on shit tires. So at that point, like, obviously the, the, it, the inevitable happened, like Max got the overtake, um, before, like I, we go opinions on it, uh, cause that's going to happen right now, obviously. But, uh, we do have to mention that like this race came down to the last lap in the last race or sorry, this year came down to the last lap of the last race, which is what we all wanted. Drawing it up this way is not what we would have wanted and no one could have, like you can't write this shit. But at the end of the day, this is what we wanted. And 
uh, Max Verstappen won the world championship. Um, and there is ultimately like a deservingness. I don't know. That's not the right word. But both of yeah. those drivers deserve to win the world title. Yes. Uh, how it went down wouldn't be how I would write it up, but he is a world champion. He deserves to be the world champion. 2021 as a season, there was so many moments in it. I would argue more moments in it where Max was like the dominant driver um, you know, pole positions, qualifying, um, most podiums in a year, most podiums in a year. Third. Um, how crazy is that stat? And most then podiums without a third place. Yeah. And then come time. also just like coming into the season as the underdog too. Like that doesn't mm-hmm. go into it when you're looking at a title, but, um, you know, both these, I wouldn't have been mad with either of them winning it. Max did ultimately win it. Uh, so before we get into the opinions, like I do just have to say like hats off to Max, like absolutely epic season. It's at the end of the day, like it's going to take a while maybe to set in, but like 2021 world drivers champion is Max Verstappen. When Seb Vettel is 89 years old and he goes through every world champion (laughs) from 2060 to 1950, he's going to name Max Verstappen as the 2021 world champion. Um, And that's something that like, I just like, we got to take a second just to be like, that's yeah. Well deserved. Um, the absolute Mercedes dominance. Yeah, it, and it's crazy to think that there is a Red Bull champion, and we're only, you know, this is our first full season as a podcast. This is like our second full season as fans, and, and we're announcing a new. Champion. We're looking at a new champion, and you, if you watched any of our takes on this year, we all had, you know, we took a put a spreadsheet together, and no one had Max Verstappen winning. I don't think. I think Dan T actually had one. Okay, well, it, there was no money on it, so that's yeah. why he did, but. Um, like no one could have guessed this really. And we looked at, you know, a year before the regulations changing, we have a new world champion. So round of applause. I mean, everyone's clapping. Everyone's, yeah. uh, golf it's, it's big, but, um, I'll get into my opinion first and I'll, I'll give it over to your boys. Cause, um, I'm going to have to need, need a break with my, with my throat <laughs> here. But, um, yeah, for me, like seeing, seeing it happen, uh, was like, very a very sinking feeling just because of the way it happened and we've gone through it obviously the 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 what's of what happened um but like i will say just like from a fan perspective it's like it was it was very very sad to see like it go down that way because again i do agree that max deserves to be a champion but the way it went down was just like so heartbreaking and like not really what i picture it's had nothing to do with like why I love formula one. Like the way it went down was just like really fucking weird. Um, so it was like a weird feeling for me personally. I'll just like, it was like watching Grosjean's crash. Like it was just like sad. It was just like, fuck, like you feel like helpless. It's like, obviously two way different scenarios. Like one guy almost died and then the other is just like deciding a title. Yeah. Um, but for me it was just like, yeah, it was like, I don't want, that's not the way I would want to see it. So, I'll go. I'll hand it over to your boys though, and uh, let yeah. get your takes on it. I know we obviously have James, who like I can't deny that like it's epic. If it was Carlos in Max's seat, it would be electric to see him win a world My title. My heart rate was ridiculous during that lap. Yeah, um, absolutely ridiculous. So obviously, like when you have a horse in the race, it's a little different. Um, but that was just for me. Like obviously, I'm a big fan of the sport and these guys in general. But it was a little bit tough. To yeah. watch. Oh, first of all, Lewis. How he handled it, oh. a true champ. Yes, through and through was phenomenal. A role model, legit. He was such a good sport. He did his little interviews, his bits. He hasn't been like seen since. Yeah. So uh, he's probably just trying to cope with what the fuck has gone through. Because mm-hmm. it's clear, FIA wanted it under racing conditions, and that's what everyone wanted it to end. But. To do it how they did, it was fact that they didn't follow protocol. And they did it simply to get it under racing conditions. And again, like I said earlier, it would have been such a shame for the year to end under a safety car. And the fact that Lewis was driving off into the sunset without Latifi there just makes it so much more heartbreaking for him. So the fact that Lewis even was like in the headspace to do an interview, wished everyone well, like Merry Christmas. Like he was just a true champ and that's why he is what he is because he's a legend. He's an F1 legend. You can call him the GOAT if you feel that way. We never got to see Schumacher, but like numbers-wise, unbelievable. But like, Massey was damned if you do, damned if you don't. If you don't do it, people are going to be in uproar the fact that you didn't start the safety car again. 
in or he goes in this route where he does start the safety car by cutting the rules completely apart and just like overruling everything. It's just a whole clusterfuck, an absolute clusterfuck. But like you said, Max throughout the course of the season deserved it. He had 10 race wins. He doubled his career race wins in a lesser-ish car. He started the year better, but then towards the end. And it's just like, it's a season long of events. And for it to come down like this at the very end is just insanity. Absolute insanity. But it, for, it, for people to say it, it takes away the championship, it's just so hard for me to hear that just because of 21.99% rate of races before it goes into this year. It's 10 months of racing for it to finally come down. It's just like, he's the world champ and there's nothing that can be changed from here except a complete like overhaul of what the FYA rules are. And it was, it was for me, it was a fantastic last lap because I was lo losing my mind. Seeing Max do that overtake was fantastic. But yeah, it was. I just had to give hats off to Lewis because that was uh, a great display that he showed. Yeah. Yeah, so that was, yeah, that's great. And I'll give my, uh, I'll sum up my, I guess my view of it and then unpack everything I'm going to say. For myself, like, I fully agree that there's no way you can say that because of the events that happened in this race, that Max Verstappen doesn't deserve to be world champion. Like, the world champion ship isn't awarded based off one race it's based on a whole season's worth of events and max absolutely raced this year in a manner that could win you a world championship that being said i don't think anyone can argue that he deserved to win this race like if you look at lewis's lewis pace, deserved to win this race oh, he, lewis he did he did win the race except on the final fucking result no if you look yeah. at lewis's pace over this race obviously you can't like judge an f1 race based on just pace alone, like it, it's a race, like events happen, which I'm obviously not denying. But if you look at Lewis's pace, he had every reason that um, to believe that you would have that he would have won the race ha had the events that unfolded not happened, right? So it was a situation where two drivers are tied in the standings at the last race of the year. So obviously this race is gonna decide the championship. For me, to to say that like Michael Massey is damned if he he did, damned if he didn't is kind of, I, I find that hard to believe because if he had decided to let the unlapped cars, or sorry, the lap cars unlap themselves, at least he can fall back on the fact that he's following the rule book, which in any sport, that's what you want to see. It's like, okay, sometimes you're going to be disappointed. I think, I think there's no denying that like after the season we've had, it would have been a disappointing to see the race not end under, uh, to, sorry, see the race end under a safety car. But at the end of the day, th those are the rules. And like, for a sport to be legitimate, you have to follow the rules. Um, even when it'll, it's a bit of a letdown, you know, we see it all the time. Uh, hockey, we always go back to it. There's penalties that happen at inopportune times that decide big games. Um, missed for, calls. Missed calls for sure. Which this exactly was. <laughs> well, this, I wouldn't even call this a missed call. It's like a blatant ig ignoring of the rules. It's like if... <laughs> it's a missed call. That's not a missed call. It's an ignored call. That's like a... Well, they all, knew the rules. They knew the rules. But it's also just like a thing yeah, that happened all, all season as well. Like, it yeah. was a common thing. It's not just that yeah. race, that lap. They, they yeah. frigged it up. Like, they've done it all yeah. year. And, and, and like, not just to focus on the ruling itself. Like, um, the fact that, you know, Latifi's crash is what ultimately decided the championship, you could argue. Um, in that, like, it had the biggest effect on this race. And this race is obviously deciding the championship. Um, just to sum it all up, for me, it was unfortunate and I fully agree with what Aaron was saying about it being a sinking feeling. You're kind of just watching it unfold. And for me, I was just thinking like, this is really how it's going to end. Like after all that we've been through this year, it's like, it's like you go into the safety before the safety car with Lewis having multiple cars worth of, um, a gap between him and Max. And you come out of it with Max right behind Lewis on a free set of fresh tires and it wasn't even a battle in the last lap. Like, there was no chance Max wasn't going to get that spot. He, he had fresh tires. He had There's no DNF, or sorry, DRS, but he had fresh tires and one lap to catch Lewis. So, Aaron, I'll let you chime your thoughts in before I continue, but... Yeah, no, I was just going to say, like, you, made it, you make a good point. It's like, uh, the, the, I'm, I, I said earlier, like, it doesn't take away from the legitimacy of Max's world championship... But for me, it's a it's a blunder and a blemish on the sport as a whole. And I hate to say it, but like if you go down to your like if you're in overtime in game seven and you know what the rule is or 
and you just blatantly change it, like it just doesn't look good on the sport as a whole. Um, and it's just like, again, I don't, I truly believe that he deserved to win the title based on every other race, but Max did not deserve to win the title based on this race. This race was Lewis's race. Um, if, if he would have mentioned like leaving everyone unlapped and just like not going with what they wanted and just like leaving it as a race that ends under a safety car, which at the rule book, that's what should have happened. And based on the race before Latifi crashed, it would have been a boring end anyways. Lewis was 12 seconds ahead, 11 seconds ahead. Like yeah, it was going to be a boring race. You can't take away what Latifi did. No, for and sure. The, like, yeah, if Latifi never happened, yeah. yes, Lewis would have been gone miles ahead of Max championship over. But Latifi did happen. And so what they decided from that point on mm-hmm. just fucked. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely yeah. insanity. Yeah. And like, again, in hindsight, the red flag was the move. To allow everyone get fresh set, clear the track, yeah, and exactly. then battle it out. If you're gonna change the rules, do it so it's fair for at everyone. Least, yeah, exactly. at least use your options that are within the rules, right? Like I think. Well, I don't even know what the technical rules are for yeah. red flags. I'm pretty sure it has to be like structural damage to the barriers where they need to pause the race to repair. I'm but there's sure a, that's what it is. Hundred percent, you're right. But there's also like again, if they're bending it here and they're making it like only yeah, these cars need to unlap themselves like if you're going to change the rules change yeah. them so it's like not just like it was blatant that yeah. what was going to happen on the last lap and then you can imagine if the red flag was called what battle they would have done imagine yeah. if they touched and shit went, oh, yeah. like that's just a whole nother can of worms i don't even want to go there but like to me but at least then they would have both been on softs it would have been like a race start one been, lap oh yeah no, shoot no, it under equal like, conditions yeah. so, yeah. the hindsight i feel like that was the, the right call yeah. to do would, would have been that but I, I think Massey, no matter what he decided, he, oh, he would have the black. people, half the people would have shit on him, half the people would have praised him. Yes, yeah. for sure. No matter which way he would have chosen. Yeah. I and for me personally, I wanted it to end as racing conditions. Obviously, Max got the clear advantage having the soft tires. But even though, all that being said, Lewis still gave him a fucking run out on that second straight. They were wheel to wheel going into that turn. And my ass was clenched. Like, that was ridiculous. But you know Max had the inside with the softer yeah, tires. Yeah, it like, was, he had the grip. It wasn't close. It wasn't close for me. Yeah. You were, you were like, you excited, like, Max is no, in the front. They you wanted to keep wheel it. wheel to wheel. The fact that Lewis was able to do that on 40 lap old hearts. Yeah. Max had brand new softs. Just goes to show how much heart Lewis was putting out on the line there. Yeah. And you, over the radio, you could just tell how just heartbroken he was as soon as Max pulled off yeah, after yeah. that second straight. It was a shit. Yeah, it's definitely a tough way for F1 to dictate this last race of the year. But I wanted at all, I don't want to say at all costs because that just... Well, like, that's what it ended up being. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I wanted it to be racing costs. conditions so, so badly. Because if yeah. that was a safety car, I would have been on the other end shitting on Massey. Yeah. But now it's just Massey bending the rules for to have an, an absolute spectacle and then obviously yeah. it is what it is exactly and that's Varun's point is like you're you said like you said it's like you wanted it to be under racing conditions or not but you're yeah like you just said it blatantly ignores the rules it was a sport. it's a tough it's a tough it's a tougher look on the sport to go against your rules yeah and then it is to have the. It was a blatant miscall. So we're gonna. It's gonna be interesting to see how what's made of this. There's obviously so yeah. much more you can say. Unfortunately, we don't have too much time left in this hour that we have in the podcast. But um, we're gonna have a lot of off season to wrap this up as well and chat more about it. But I mean, um, there's so much going on. I'm really glad we each got to like give our take on it. I still think Max deserves the title, and that's so did Lewis. But like Max got it. Um, so like kudos to him emotional as fuck to listen to his interviews and shit so yeah and i'll just wrap up my thoughts i think we summed it up well with with regard to the controversy um there's a lot i could say but like we said we only have limited time i'll wrap it up with echoing what james said about the way lewis handled himself after that race i was so impressed like i've always been impressed with lewis as a driver but i I would be lying if i if i said that i expected him to act that way i thought it was thought he was gonna go i thought he was gonna be gone and you know he he, you could tell he was disappointed, like so disappointed, but um, he was there uh, wishing everyone well. Even even Lewis's father, seeing him go and congratulate Max and, and Joe's Verstappen was amazing to see. Personally, I don't even think I would have done that considering what Joe's, uh, the comments he made about Lewis. So yeah. um, just class all around and it's it's something you would expect from a seven-time world champion. Yeah. Having seven titles definitely makes that 
way easier. And winning one on the last lap in Abu Dhabi years ago, not obviously in much con- as much controversy, yeah. but he did the same thing. It happened to him yeah. at the end last race. But um, all in all, boys, I do just want to wrap up. It's been a hell of a season. Uh, I want to thank you two guys, my host, as always being here and uh, having a lot of fun recording. Uh, we're going to be wrapping up the season together in the off season. So stay tuned for some episodes there. Stay tuned to us on socials. We'll continue to wrap up this season and, and talk about our predictions heading into next year. Uh, we can't wait for next season, new regulations, and we'll definitely be talking about that. So we will see you in 2022. Adios. Merry Christmas.